Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Giving Hope Podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing my friend Brittany Bonifons. Um, Brittany and I met through Instagram and she is such a joy. On today's episode, we touch the um, subject of racism, uh, both of our backgrounds, our marriages, raising children, and just our thoughts on the subject. And I hope that you receive and pray through what we talk about. Um, We do a lot of laughing and sharing, but we also say a lot of serious stuff. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, welcome to the Giving Hope Podcast. Hello. (laughs) So excited to be here. I know. I have um, just been wanting to get, especially this topic out. And I was like, you know, all this, all the things that you've posted, I was, and I have a few other ladies that I want to, you know, touch base with because this is the conversation that in the temperature of our, of our um, nation right now needs to, needs to be talked about. Yeah. Cause you're there. Like, you know, and I feel like it's perfect almost because you can't like choose a side. Cause I feel like a lot of times people feel like yeah. choosing a side and it's yeah. bigger. It's much bigger than choosing a side. Like, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I have to choose black over white right now. It's like, well, it's not one or no. other. Actually. No, <laughs> it's, it's literally just hate over love. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You know, it's not, it has nothing to do because if, and like both of us, for, for instance, um, um, those of you who don't know, we're both married to white men. And <laughs> so, so it's like, we're up, you know, a Creek without a paddle. If we don't, <laughs> right, literally, yeah. like, what do we do? That's not how this works. Do we want to end our marriages for over this? No, of course no. not. No. no, not in the, in the least. So tell everybody like where you're from and we'll get your background and your life. And we'll just start just talking about, you know, the issues and, and all that kind of needed I am stuff. Brittany Bonifons. I mm-hmm. currently, I was born in Texas, but I currently live in New Orleans, which is where my husband All right, is Texas from. girl. Yes. <laughs> in Midland. Do you know where that is? Yes, I do. Yes. I do so, know where Midland is. I was born in Houston, raised in Midland. Mm-hmm. And my dad moved to New Orleans because of oil. And they oh, all yeah? eventually mm-hmm. went back to Texas, which is kind of oil country. Yeah, um, yeah. But I had already graduated high school out here, and I just kind of stayed. And so I'm yeah. the only one in my family, like my immediate family, mom, dad, brothers, well, sisters. I don't have any brothers, but um, that is in New Orleans. So, yeah. Anyhow, oh, wow. that's a little bit about yeah. me. Got three yeah. kids, uh-huh. two boys and a girl, uh-huh. two eight-year-olds and a six-year-old. And oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about me. I run a blog. I love my blog. I love Instagram. Yes, yes. <laughs> like Instagram yes. is fun for me because Instagram was like a creative outlet for me um, with mm-hmm. pictures. So that's mm-hmm. originally why I started with Instagram was like, I liked Pinterest and I would see all these yes, cute love. Pinterest pictures. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I can do that. And then yeah. it was like, oh, okay, let me take all these cute pictures. And then all of a sudden there's this platform where you can post them. I was like, oh, I can post all those pictures that I take all the time on here. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people will see me in them and instead of seeing the stuff that I like. Yes. Yes. I like, want to wear, they'll see me actually wearing what I pin. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I think it was like my daughter. And I was like, oh, look, she was a baby. And uh-huh. was, it was it was baby pictures, and they'd have these baby pictures in baskets. And of course, I can't afford the photographer that does all the fancy stuff. So it's like, oh, yeah. I feel like I have a basket around my house I can throw my baby in. I've got a wood floor. <laughs> <laughs> I can stand above her and take pictures while she sleeps. <laughs> exactly. so that's throw a few rose like... petals in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, voila. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my god. Welcome to my yeah. brain. So that's kind of where my Instagram journey started. It was like, oh, I have a place to post yeah. all these photos, like you said, of all these yeah. different things that I'm uh, pinning and actually doing. Yeah, which is so smart. I mean, that's a that's a great tool to it has become it can be a great tool for those who know how to use it. 
um, to show people like, this is my life. Like you can do this too. Look at this. This is the way it looks on a person, like a normal person <laughs> and, and not laid on the floor, but on me, right. you know, so it's, <laughs> or on a bed or yes. Or perfectly. Know. Yeah. No, really. And I wish, yeah, or, I wish I say, I wish I feel like people get lost in that. I know we're talking about something else, but I feel like people get lost. No, no, this is a good intro. This is the real, this is what life really kind of looks like some days. And then you also get lost in that. Like I am posting what I enjoy and you don't have to do what I enjoy. Does that make sense? So there's a lot of times where I'm looking at people's stuff and I was like, Oh, that is, Oh, they have a girl. She posts the cutest food, like what she, the food she makes for her pick her kids, not like a foodie, but like the, the right. snacks that she makes for her kids. Like, so it's like uh-huh. pineapples that are made to look like bees and, oh my gosh, that's and palm trees <laughs> and cats. And, like, it is really beautiful to look at. Like, it is just like, yeah. that is awesome. My kids had the Lunchable today. Like, but, but that's yes, what exactly. she enjoys doing. And I think a lot of times it's like, this is what I do with my life. This is what I enjoy. Here's a place where I can create, I can post the beautiful things that I've created, but yeah. Yeah. That doesn't have to make, I don't have to go home and be like, Oh, my kids. Well, <laughs> here's some cereal. Out exactly. Of uh, yeah, exactly. I put it in, I put it in a Ziploc baggie. So it's like trail mix. <laughs> throw, throw, throw a few raisins in there. <laughs> Voila. It's mama trail mix. That's what it's called. It's yes. mama trail mix. Yes. <laughs> Which I've done. I'm not even hating on that. No, I've totally done fun. that. No, really. <laughs> I put a little bit of Cheerios, did a little Chex mix, some craisins. There you go. I like it. That's oh, see, I have that's that. good. I'm telling you, my kid. Whatever. <laughs> you're you're not, like stealing it, and all the, the women get. are like taking notes that are listening. <laughs> They're like, we are totally doing that. <laughs> Why haven't we thought of this idea before? We do. And I feel like that's yes. more for that kind of stuff. Like, oh, like you said, the real life, I can do this. Oh, I can do that. Yes. Not to be yeah. a, make people feel less than. I feel like sometimes it turns into people feeling like they're not doing enough. And it's, it's it should be more of, oh, I can do that. That's a simple something yes. that I can start doing like tomorrow, as opposed to like this yes. lifestyle overhaul, you know? Anyhow. Right. Yeah. But I think that that honestly, that's a great segue into Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, that a lot of people, they compare themselves and they see all these posts, especially here recently, and they think they have to overhaul their life. And it's really just take one step. Mm -hmm. Just take just take one step. Um, Ask somebody who's living real life what they think. Yes. Who's who's living in it. Who's in it. Like, you know, Bennett, like you're in it. Right. I, I mean, I, I appreciate, I do. I, I, I went on a rant in the car and my husband's like, are you okay? You know, <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> because I'm like, listen, I don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate the trailblazers in, yes. um, we need in them. Hollywood. We need them. That like, I, I appreciate the Morgan Freeman's talking out. I appreciate, um, who was the rapper that was on the show that was talking about, um, I appreciate what they've done within their industry and paving the way for African-American men to do what they can do. Right. I appreciate that. Right. But I'm like, news people, don't ask Morgan Freeman what he thinks about racism. (laughs) When he has been so not removed, I'm I'm sure he has some old time, you know, some history stuff that he can tell us about because he's lived his life. Right. But I'm like, go into the, your neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. And ask somebody who's living now, because I promise you, like, even if Morgan Freeman's neighbor is a racist, they're not going to confront no freaking Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it reminds me of, and, and that's what it is. Like, you know that that's Morgan Freeman. This is not some random kind of right. trendy. You're not going to be like, he came hey, out yesterday, so you, you may Smith? or may not know him. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You know, you're like, not going to mistake Morgan that, like, freaking Freeman. Only certain people will know. You see what I'm saying? Like that are really big in a, a black community that might not be nationwide well known or worldwide well known. I feel like as as if you're Morgan Freeman. But it reminds me kind of that commercial right. with the um, what's the guy with the voice? 
the insurance. Oh, yes. The all state <laughs> guy. That's save something 40%. I can't remember what it is. That's do this, say 40%. It's just so funny. And that's kind of what you think about with Morgan Freeman. Like, that's who that is. We Everybody knows the Allstate guy. You might not know his name, but he at this point, right? when he walks in somewhere, you're like, oh, look, it's the, it's the insurance guy. You it's, know? Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and, yeah, the, and that's exactly. not to say that they don't have a, a voice because they do. And we need those. But we they do need 100%. regular voices. Because people exactly. are not going to, like, like you said, even for me, I appreciate, like, the Oprahs of the world having something to say. Yes, I do need Oprah yes. to have something yes. to say. Yes. But at the end of the day, yes, because you have that platform. It's not Oprah's. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not living. <laughs> oh, Lord, if it was, I would not, I, I don't know where I'd be right now. I'd probably. <laughs> we're not living kind of Some the island reality somewhere. <laughs> Yes, no, not at all in any shape, form, or fashion. Even though she, you know, she has a lot, she has a story that is is heartbreaking, you know, and she has clawed her way up to where she's at. And I stand and I applaud her for that. Yes, absolutely. But I was like, right now, if you really want to get the heartbeat of what's going on in the streets, Oprah's not your girl. And and that's, <laughs> you know? and that's what it is. Oprah opened the doors for other conversations or Morgan Freeman's. And that's what yes. it is. So I absolutely appreciate it. And I'm, I am at, under yeah. no way diminishing the power because what you, when you talk, New. people yeah. listen. When you have something exactly. to say, if you mention a book, it's sold out in 32 seconds. Like all you have to do <laughs> yes. is like, post a picture of you you don't even have to put it on the tv you can just randomly post a picture of you and in the corner there's a book that people see that you might and as soon as it reading and it's sold out (laughs) so i'm not right i'm not in any way diminishing your voice but i think that people feel like you almost it can create a helplessness i feel like like it is. I can't ever right. do because it just takes anything one. on that magnitude, and that's not the truth. Right, that's the truth. Yes, exactly. And I think that also it creates this. If that one person says there's not a problem, not that Oprah would, because Oprah would not say yeah. that. But if 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 there would, if there was that one person that says there's not a problem, no racism isn't a big issue as the left is trying to make it mm-hmm. out to be or whatever. Mm-hmm then we have a problem, you know, and that, that's where, that's where my aggravation comes in because then you're, then you're not, because I see friends Mm -hmm. and I hope you're listening. My sweet sisters, um, my, my, my husband started, he's like, is it bad that I just want to call everybody white pale faces? Pale faces? I was like, yeah. Yes, he's he just in this. He is very upset oh, right no. now, understandably, because he's finding a lot of his friends, people that he's respected and loved, and they are just going very ugly. Oh, no. And so, yeah, it's it's been really it's been really rough because we live in a small East Texas town in Canton, okay, and we only have three thousand people in our okay. town, and um, it's ninety eight percent white. So, which is very, very uncommon. Our our county, Van Zant County, is ninety eight percent white. Wow, which is extremely uncommon for right. Texas. Correct. Extremely uncommon. Even in Midland, it um, wasn't like it wasn't. It was still majority white, but it was like ninety ten. Yeah, you know what I mean, like ten percent black or whatever the yeah. case may be. Maybe twenty, because I want to say I went to the wider of the black high schools when we were there. So I think the other school had a right. higher percentage. <laughs> But uh, when I say higher, yeah. I mean like 80, 20, like black people might have constituted right. 20%. So 2% is a very small percent of the population. Yes, it is. And you never really, I mean, you're starting to see um, the black population come out more and more often and actually get jobs. But for the most part, like Ryan and I, we've been married for 21 years oh and I could count on one hand how many times I've seen a black person hold a job in our wow. town. Wow. So it's like, so to, to, to not, to, for, to hear people say that racism doesn't exist when you live in a town that is almost prideful, the fact that they are predominantly right. white is, it's like a slap in the face. face. It's, a, it's like a slap in right. the face. Now I grew up uh, 30 minutes away from mm-hmm. this town. Ryan grew up here from birth and I grew up 30 minutes away and we had the KKK. Oh my God. Like, 
like we had it like they had they even one time had um a petition where they were going to cancel our christmas parade because the kkk wanted to float wow in the christmas parade and the big thing and they had it drawn up and everything and they presented it to the city council like we want to float we want our organization <laughs> our organization be represented what? um what? and they was yeah and they said that they were going to have this big thing that says i'm dreaming of a <gasps> white christmas yeah. I, I, I can't like, yeah because I, I i don't think i've ever met somebody who was like overtly like su- like yeah i mean you've met overt racists does that make sense like i've met people who like clearly you're racist yes. you're calling me the n-word i was walking down the street but <laughs> right but I don't think I've ever met anybody who was like completely like white pride. I hate black people. Or yeah. not, and it's not, and, and the other thing about the KKK is it's not black specific. Like it's just, it's true white supremacy. Oh, it's, it's, it's white. It's exactly yeah, what they yeah. said is what it means. It's white Christmas. Like that's what you wanted. Um, but right. I don't think I've ever met anybody who was just that bold with this is who I am. Sorry. Right. Like it or don't like it. Yeah. You know, crazy. almost like a license plate yeah. would say like, Oh, okay. So you, you're just gonna tell okay. everybody. Interesting. I thought we have only yeah. it these days. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yes, and that's the thing. Like in our town, we call it polite racism. Whereas, like you might you might have that, but you know that it's so politically incorrect that you're not gonna right. say it out loud because there's a fear there of am I the only one who thinks this way? Well, I'm not going to say anything because I might not right. be the one. I might not, you know. Uh, I might be the only one out here that thinks this way now because it is so politically correct. Did you experience, so you said that you did never really saw anybody overtly, you know, um, or you have seen it. Did you grow up with any, uh, like? So, in Midland, because I moved there when I was two, so I can't speak on Houston at all because I never mm-hmm. actually lived there, like, mine ever. Right. Um, so, in Midland, mm-hmm. the good thing, I said, I I don't, I, I've experienced it. I, when I experienced it, I was in Louisiana. I'll say that. I was living here. I was in college mm-hmm. here. And it was like, um, I went to a, stool, a school in North Louisiana called Northwestern State. And they did mm-hmm. stuff like they would take all the Greek letters for the Black organization that they have like on the hills, you know what I mean? Where they put all the, uh, yeah, all yeah, yeah. the organizations and they would take specifically the black letters the night before a football game. Everybody has their letters out so they can stand by them and all this other kind of stuff. And they would take them and they mm-hmm. would put them into the bottom of the lake and like wedge them in to where they're just missing. And like two or three days later, oh, wow. they would surface because the water had moved up enough. Like that's the, so those types of things. Um, yeah. But growing up, I think I had my group of friends. I think that I had like a bubble around me of protection, I I guess Mm -hmm. I'll call it, you know. Um, Yeah. The the city that I was in was very, and I I say segregated, I don't want to use that word, but there were two people who lived on my side of town, two black girls, me and another Brittany that lived on my side of town, period. Mm-hmm. Everybody else lived in a certain neighborhood in Midland. And Midland's not that big. So, right, um, right now. And again, like nobody, like Brittany and I knew each other because we were the only two black people on our side of town. <laughs> like, like not right. that there was other families. And there was one mixed family. And it was the only mixed family that I knew growing up. Um, yeah. And so, but as far as like actions, we weren't treated differently. And I say that, but mm-hmm. both of us were also athletes. And Midland is yeah. a very athletics transcends race city. You see what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. want the best no, yeah. athletes, yeah. period. And so they would, and even right. like, if you couldn't afford, like I said, most of them lived in the lower income part of Midland. And if you couldn't afford the camps, mm-hmm. we will pay for you to go to these camps because we need for we know that you are the best athlete at this school and your parents cannot afford to send you to, you know, this camp where it's three thousand dollars for three weeks or whatever. So right, we are going right. to pay for you to go because we need to win. <laughs> Period. 
We don't right. care that my athlete, right. I right. can train my son. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this stereotypically, but we lived in a very stereotypical city. When I was growing up in the 80s and 90s in Midlands, it was very stereotypical, like clueless stereotypical. Like Saved by the Bell stereotypical. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like just like yeah. you have a group no, of no, very I popular hear you kids. Clear. We had the same way in You Adams. have a group of mm-hmm. athletes. Athletics beats all. Yeah. And like I can I can mm-hmm. raise my my daughter. She's great and we're doing the best we can with her, but no amount of training is gonna make her better than you. So we're just going to go ahead and invest in you because we need to win. It was a win at all cost ath- athletically. Um oh wow. Mm-hmm. Now, is there some racism in that? Could be, possibly. You see what I'm saying? Is there some? Oh, I'm helping the poor yeah. black families. It could be, but it was never overt. Again, and it was never "I paid for this, you owe me" type thing. I own you type thing. It right. was never. You never got that vibe. The group that I was right. hung out mm-hmm. with was extremely diverse. Again, didn't realize it until looking back as an adult. You look back and you're like, you had me. Who was black? I was the only black in any of my classes because they only had, because I was the only black that took honors classes. So it was just me. Mm-hmm. Every class, all yeah. day, every day, except Spanish. <laughs> and in Spanish, guess who was in Spanish with Brittany. So it's me and Brittany. Um, but then you had a guy who was Jewish yeah. in our group of friends, which was very uncommon there. You had awesome. a guy, you had two um, Indians that were Muslim. And so, like, I'm talking about practice. Oh, wow. We had Muslim. no like, Muslims. You know, you just, like, <laughs> now, there was no mosque yeah. in the city, but it was, you know what I'm saying? So they had to, they had yeah. to travel. Probably. It was just, um, you yeah. had one girl who was Mormon, like, just a very diverse, mm-hmm. you had a Catholic, one Catholic, and she, and Catholicism was not huge out there. It's huge in New Orleans. Like, everybody's Catholic. Like, oh, you're Catholic. Like, everybody's Catholic. But in Midland, mm-hmm. it was, like, Catholic. Do they have a Catholic church out here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah they're few and far between up in east east texas like even north to south um they're here around but it's not as <clears throat> prevalent yes. as baptist so it, yeah. that, that's how it was it was just like oh okay well mm-hmm. so our group and then you had regular just everyday baptist like i said every day everybody was baptist out there so everyday baptist and da, 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 da. um whites blacks mm-hmm. indian like i said Hispanics, because there's a very large mm-hmm. Hispanic population. Um, mm-hmm. And so there wasn't that because everybody kind of had something that was different and that had at some point yeah. historically been uh, discriminated against as a result of. So, like, yes. when you're Jewish, there's a very big, Being... like, churches, like, Oh yeah, you're either Jewish or you're not. Like basically, you see what I'm saying? Um, And the same Mm -hmm. thing with the Indian culture, and the same thing with the Mormon culture. You know, everybody's constantly asking her, "Do your parents? How many parents do you? You know what I mean? Like, how many wives does your dad have?" Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh lord. (laughs) Yes. Can I just be me and let's just go to math class? Really? (laughs) We saw these equations everybody has been ranting and raving about, like. Um, yes, I had those questions a lot um, when people would ask, can I ask you a question? I hope this oh. doesn't offend, um, but but what yeah. are you? <laughs> that, that was the proper way to phrase it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> not nationality, mm-hmm. not um, just any, just ask any other, but what? I don't know what how to. Are you like I'm a thing? I don't know how to address that. So I would get, I would get that all the time because mm-hmm. my family, we moved to East Texas from Dallas in the late eighties and um, we were the only biracial mm-hmm. family. I knew in one. That I remember the, the set of people. Um, I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, we were, we might as well have been carnies the way we came rolling into their town. <laughs> like what, what, who are what these is people? This? what's happening who are these people and why did they think that this is okay like it was just the weirdest because we disrupted the apple cart so mm-hmm. much and everywhere we went now we were completely um mm-hmm. loved and accepted as far as i know in our church mm-hmm. and stuff like that but um of course my parents they jumped through fire hoops to keep us mm-hmm. protected as much as possible and to shield us from mm-hmm. as much hate as possible because my dad grew up in alabama 
you know, he was born in the 40s. So he fit, you know, the mm-hmm. 50s, the 60s, the 70s, just, and of course, my grandparents and my, and my great grandparents are all wow. from Alabama. But then my dad married this white woman <laughs> from Ohio, you know, like her family's mm-hmm. all Ohioan. And honestly, there is more racism out of that side of the family than there was from the black side that really? they experienced from even the whites that they knew. Yes. It shocked me Especially as I grew up. Especially with them like, being what? from the North. You did what? Cause you, cause I, I don't, I've, I've never lived. Yes. So everything I say about the North is hypothetical. Yeah. Like, so hypothetically, the North <laughs> is more accepting <laughs> than the South. From what I've seen. But the- I, I don't think it truly is. I honestly don't think it, it really is. I think it's that, um, as long as you stay on your side and I stay on my side, mm. we're, co- we're cool. Mm-hmm. You know, which is so <laughs> weird. So I'm like, I totally flipped that thing after the Civil War. What is this? Y'all went to the gray after the blue defeated what, right. you. What happened after the Civil War? Y'all just switched sides. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but we were now, did it help? Like we were raised, we saw everybody, mm-hmm. you love them. Everybody has a struggle don't mm-hmm. add to their struggle love mm-hmm. everybody you know don't you be the person who adds to someone mm. who's already struggling and so were you raised that way because you know you're mm-hmm. you're african american your parents aren't Mm-mm. your parents aren't biracial and so but you have this mm-hmm. heart you were raised did it did your environment help that you were around predominantly white people because I think that kind, I don't know. I don't know that it. And so you can because you were accepted, accepted and you kind of just accepted everyone. Yeah. And and my parents did it. And you know, yeah. like you think back, like you're like, oh, because for me, I just want to duplicate everything my parents did. Like I'm just like, oh, how did they yes. get me to go to church? Yes. Like how did they like release it to where I still wanted to go when I was older and I still wanted to learn and grow and so I I, you know how like you start to think back like what did they tell me and I don't right no really like no really like you don't know like I don't know what y'all did right so I don't know how to write it to make it like you um or even even to fix things you're like I don't want to fix it like some of the things that you're like when I grow up I'm never doing that type things you know um yeah yeah and you're like but if I but that might be that one thing that I hated that I'm like I'm never gonna do that might be one of the things that is the reason that I am who I am and that I love about myself so um I can't remember I I remember looking back having conversations like my dad was in oil he worked for Mm -hmm. Exxon and Exxon had a lot of layoffs at that point in time because they had like I think there was a big oil spill back then like all the oil spills are running together I I want to say that yeah yeah, that happened quite a bit in the 80s and, and 90s. And they would have these the huge 90s. layoffs and they're not giving mm-hmm. raises and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but my dad never talked to us about that. And he would be passed over for promotion after. Like my, like, like I said, every every black male can give you a story. Like it's mm-hmm. just like, and, and they just kind of hold it in as that's life. And that's just the way that life is. So they don't necessarily have conversations about it. And then all of a sudden they're angry and people are like, why are y'all angry? Why are you so angry? <laughs> Right. No, right. But, no, but really, like, but and yeah. it was, so he's been, he's, you know, passed over for promotions and that kind of thing. But we did not, he did not ever talk about any of that. So there was no yeah. divisive talk. He's talked about that since we've been grown. And again, yes. it has not been in all of this that's going on. It has not been in light of all of this that's happening in the world. It has been because. Mm-hmm. What's happening now is because he was baby boomers. My parents were the baby boomers and mm-hmm. all the baby boomers are retiring. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, my generation, which is, I have knowledge, but I don't have enough knowledge to run a company like Exxon. So I've been right. working here for eight to 10 years. You see what I'm saying? But I cannot, yeah. if all of these baby boomers retire, I don't have enough knowledge to run Exxon. And that's kind mm-hmm. of where the gap is. And so the reason he started talking to us about it was because he was like, they're paying me more. I retired and they are some contracting me for more than what I was making when I retired. Plus I get my retirement. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, and it's and he's in his whole, his whole thing behind that is, well, that's how God works. He was like, Oh, you don't want to pay him on the front end. That's fine. We'll pay him on the back end. And right. he talked about being, 
that was his whole, he talked about being passed over all those years and how God always restores that. But we heard mm-hmm. this as grownups, like you're retired, yeah. you're old enough. my parents are old enough to retire. So clearly right. they weren't talking to me about this at 10 and 12. Right. <laughs> right. And well, and I think that that takes away from the stress of it all of your life, because as kids, you automatically worry about your parents. You don't <laughs> want to, you know, want them to hurt. You don't want them mm-hmm. to be a- anxious and, and stuff like that. So to know that not only your dad has been, oh gosh, he's been laid off or been passed over for a promotion and you kind of hear the conversations, but to know that it's because of race or it's yeah. because of this or that, that adds to the seed of discontent in your mm-hmm. own heart. My dad was the exact same way. I didn't find out the, how my dad was treated in a lot of situations because he's an ordained minister. And so my mm-hmm. whole life has been ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and I know he was like, the last thing I know he did want to do was to not only put a bad taste in my mouth towards race, but put a bad taste in my mouth towards the church you know, right. and, oh, and God, yes. he was like, that is like a double fisted. Cause know, these punch. people are supposed to be Christians. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is so he saved us a lot of stuff. And then as we got older, I remember my early twenties and my husband and I, we were going through some, you know, typical things that you go through being a part of a congregation and being on staff. And, um, we're asking my parents, like, how did you do this? How did you get through this? And they were like, Oh man, you know, like, Cause we're like, but you stayed and here they were like, yeah, because no one's perfect. And we love people mm. through their worst times and we would want to, you know, we sow seeds to love people through their worst times. So, mm-hmm. so that's how we raised y'all. And, and so whenever he, we would ask, you know, dad, like, well, what happened in that situation? Why did we end up leaving? And he would tell us that it was sometimes about race or the people would mm-hmm. have attacked mom verbally or that they were coming after us kids, you know, mm-hmm. saying ugly things about us kids. He goes, that's when you have to, you know, count the cost and just walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we knew at that time, mm-hmm. I know our hearts would have been hardened mm-hmm. towards not only because it was predominantly white people. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never, I mean, I have been treated badly by black girls in mm. school, being a biracial girl and oh having gosh. long hair, you know, mm-hmm. the, having that quote, long curly hair. hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, that good skin and mm-hmm. white boys like you because your skin is just light enough or whatever, oh you know, but I, and you speak I well. Know, oh, you speak and well. I, yeah. Oh, I hate oh that. I hate that. <laughs> I'm like, so do you stop <laughs> saying that, you know? Um, <laughs> Uh, but but I, and I had that, but I never had a hard heart towards it because I knew where their struggle came from Mm -hmm. because I knew where my dad struggled, you know, being a black man in Alabama, I knew just from history books, my dad didn't even have to tell me, I, Mm -hmm. I painted the narrative myself, you know, I was like, I, I know they had to been bad. And I, I know that you're not talking about it. It's like a soldier Mm -hmm. not talking about it after he comes home from war. Mm. It's just like, don't relive it because the PTSD from it is so strong Mm. that you don't want it to, to give it life. I don't want to carry it over to anybody else. Exactly. So my parents were very, very purposeful in how people, you know, treated them as a biracial couple in Mm -hmm. the seventies you know, where a lot of places were still segregated, Mm -hmm. you know, like they were still coming off of that and holding on to that. And um, so for them to still love each other, they'll be celebrating their 43rd anniversary this August. I know they're just like two teenagers. They're (laughs) amazing. And, um, but to show us that I, I know it instilled into me, even though it hurts right now, what's happening in our nation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I've seen it all my life. Mm. I've seen it. I've seen it. Like when people are like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not shocked. <laughs> y'all are shocked. I'm shocked. Y'all are talking about it. Like that, that's, exactly. that's how I am in 2020. Oh, y'all want to talk about it. Let's talk about oh, it. Now you want to talk Let's about, talk it. about okay. it. Like, yeah, I feel like that's where God is with me in, in this season. They want to talk about it. So I need you to talk. And I'm like, I'm tired of talking. I don't want to talk. We've already talked about this. And now a word from our sponsors. Now let's get back to our program.
this happens every few years and th- that's kind yeah. of how I am but but guys like but you don't know the reality is is that it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning of the conversation which is mm-hmm. you can change one and you don't even you don't even necessarily know which one because right. the first time I ever had a conversation now my 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 husband's side of the family always asked me about my hair they are fascinated with black hair fascinated <laughs> yeah and then and oh which, mine too <laughs> which is hilarious because yes. I always I'm, oh and I have like I don't have the cute curl pattern I have the and I love my hair so that, that I don't want anybody yeah to, no to, I love your hair too and I love the way you style it what I'm saying <laughs> What I'm saying right, is right. there is no get out, wash and go unless I want an afro. And I don't, I have not gotten to the point where I'm comfortable walking out of the house with just like a 1970s afro. Could I? Thank yes. you. <gasps> Thank you. Yes. My husband does not get that. Does your husband love your afro? Huh? No. Yes and no. Brett will not get his opinion <laughs> ever Yeah. on hair. The only opinion he has ever given me, because I, because because I went natural like three years ago. We've been married for 12 years. So he's seen all kinds of hairstyles. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think it's because very early in our relationship, he was trying to console me because somebody gave me a weave, but it looked like a wig. And I was like, if I had wanted a wig, I would have bought a wig. So I'm like in tears and he can't understand. Oh, and so I think, yeah. that, and this oh, is like, gosh. you know, two months into our relationship. So I think that after that, he's like, I am never commenting on her hair ever. <laughs> and he, he didn't say anything negative. It was, yeah. it was one of those, like, you look fine. Very, it looks yeah. fine. I don't understand. Why are you crying? You look great. Like, and so I think right. from that point on, he is just like done with conversations about hair. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was, so we have a lot of conversations about hair. Um, but the, the, as far as like what's going on in society, we happened to be at the beach when the world exploded and so oh gosh and so it was like oh they're rioting i I didn't even know they were rioting because we're literally at the beach so i'm not watching the news um yeah you're enjoying i'm on the beach like literally sitting Mm -hmm. on i don't have a signal i'm like in the air trying to get a signal (laughs) like i don't have Uh there's not signals in the middle of the ocean you know so right right um we had conversations then but the first conversations i ever really had with his with Brett's side of the family, I talk to my sister all the time. So we talk about everything all the time. And of course she's mm-hmm. my side. Um, was a girl <laughs> when the Trayvon Martin case was out. Mm-hmm. She was my nephew's then girlfriend, now wife, but then girlfriend. And mm-hmm. she was like, I want you to tell me why people are so upset right now. Cause she couldn't even like, because she was like, she's very Republican, very, mm-hmm. this is my views, you know, like all mm-hmm. I, and all I see on her feed is people who think and act just like I do. That's all I know. Right. And yes. Like, yes. You are literally the only black person I even know well enough to even maybe ask you about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but going back to one person, I don't think I changed her whole perspective of, black people in that conversation but I do think that what happened in that conversation was you had an idea of what black people were like in your mind Mm -hmm. and when you had that conversation with me not even about the people why people were angry the one black person that you were comfortable enough with to have this conversation does not match this picture in my mind right so even though what she says about these, I can't, I cannot confirm or deny what's happening with Trayvon Martin right now. It's kind of in my mind. And so, right. and again, the conversation, I thought, I think about the conversation. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, we had that conversation. And then mm-hmm. when we went to the beach this time, which is, I don't know what, three, four years later, I don't remember. Trayvon Martin was like 2016-ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something like that, yeah. She's being banished to the liberal corner. They're like, there, go sit over there. That's the liberal corner over there. And I'm like, liberal? This girl is not liberal. I remember having a conversation with her and she was talking about um, she needed perspective because her feet all looks the same. Like, there is no way. But, so you just don't know what, back back to the one person, people meet regular Mm -hmm. people and have conversations with regular people that then 
change that either solidify what they already thought or change and open their mind to another perspective you know right there's nothing right she wouldn't have done she wouldn't have opened her mind had she watched oprah one day like i love oprah right. but she's kind of Oprah. right you know she's kind of not living the same life right. i'm living this girl is going to right. beach with us her kids hang out with my kids you know we invite mm-hmm. her to birthday parties yeah. she comes up right we go to her birthday parties my daughter will tell you who her favorite cousin is you know like it's mm-hmm. one of those types of things yeah. and it does yeah. take those one-on-one but it also takes not having and, and the reason that she's having these conversations now is because she's worried about how to raise her child. Now she has a child. At that time, she was the girlfriend. There was no babies, you know? Now she's right, got this right. baby and she's like, oh, I want to my baby to have everything. So I want her to expose her to the best thinking, the best, you know what I mean? Like you're, you want the yes, best for right. your children, period. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's yes. protecting them, like kind of our parents did, like you don't need to see how ugly the world is. Like every once in a while, you'll see it, but you know, right, um, right. But yeah, it's it is completely protection, and it's it is not. I I want to protect you from all the ugly in the world. I want to protect you from thinking and contributing to the ugly in the world. <laughs> yes. You know. And, I want my, I, we were talking about the boys, Love that. Uh, the the boys. That. we have, we have, um, a little bit, a little pocket of these hipster kids in our town okay. that have signs on the square <laughs> right now that says black life lives matter. And they're all white and they're so precious. And, Aww. and uh, they're just, I'm like, you look at you making your <laughs> stance and the police, we were having pizza across the way. And it's like, I just want to go out there and hug them. <laughs> And tell them, you know, thank you thank for you. being woke, you know, <laughs> for, right. for being in an all-white town. Right, because there's <laughs> not saying stuff like that is big protests, you know, like it's not like New Orleans no, where it's going to be thousands and thousands. And Yes, mm-hmm. and this is where I think the catch is, is that it, it happens in these smaller towns where the, where the same routine keeps going and no one's talking so they don't think anything's wrong mm-hmm. so whenever someone says something that complements their narrative they're like yeah of course because nothing's wrong in my town it's like nothing you think nothing's wrong because no one's talking mm. it's just having a like having a teenager in your home who withdraws and doesn't talk to you that's usually the sign that something is actually happening oh gosh, you take that analogy. as a sign you know, that something is happening when no one's talking, when people are talking, you know, that there's going to be healing, Mm. you know, that there's going to be resolution. That's why they say healing in a family happens around the dinner table. Mm. Whenever you're talking, whenever you're having conversations, it's when everybody shuts their doors and splits and divides off into their own rooms where chaos ensues, Mm. you know, you can't have healing when there's no conversation. Mm -hmm. So whenever my sweet dear friends, I love all you ladies that are listening and I hope that you make it on here to listen. But whenever, as soon as this happened, as soon as George Floyd died and the conversation started happening, a lot of my white friends started asking me, what do I say? What, what do you need? What, what can I do? How can we, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I, what do I need to teach my children? I was like, if you're teaching your children to love people, no matter who they are, no matter where they're at, no matter ec- how their economic stance is, no matter what their gender is, you're doing it right. Mm. Yes. You're, do- you're doing it right. As like, this is the thing is that don't dismiss people who are crying out for help. And that's what I feel like a lot of the country is trying to do. They're trying to say, um, get over it. You know, slavery happened Mm -hmm. 200 some odd years ago. The civil rights movement was resolved. I'm like, it was not resolved. Mm -hmm. And when does PTSD have a timetable? Mm -hmm. Do you tell the soldier to get over it? Do you tell his parents to get over Mm -hmm. the fact that they're soldier families that have, you know, you don't, you don't tell the wife, you left your husband. Now get over it. Mm-hmm. That it was abusive for all these years. No, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work that way. You open up the dialogue and say, what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. What can we do to make this transition to mm-hmm. a better life, a new life where you're, you feel safe. Mm-hmm. You feel like you are heard. And I, 
I see it happening. So I applaud every mm-hmm. single one of you that are actually. I really do. Because there's, um, there's a lot of people who oh are really gosh. trying. Like this is like, I was just really, like. Really, truly trying. Oh my gosh. I had no idea y'all were going to have this response like this. Like, just people who you don't yes. even realize are listening. There are people who, yes. who feel compelled to just like, I'm sorry, I haven't reached out. It's been like, you know, three days, four days. Sorry, I haven't reached out until this point. I don't want you to think that my silence means that I don't care what is happening in the world right now and that I don't care about you as a friend. Like, just literally, and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And it's wonderful. And you're just like, and then and I'm like, well, God, what do you need me to say? I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to tell everyone. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I don't have the answer. You know, I I, 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 have been doing it already. Yes. And I, like I, I've said this before, it's like, I don't speak for <laughs> black women everywhere. And I know that people will say to me, like, really, you don't have a voice because you're only half oh black gosh. because I've gotten that. I've gotten that <gasps> response too. So, so it's like, it's, it's just, I know what it feels like to watch my dad struggle and to keep his hope going that things will change mm-hmm. that what Martin Luther King Jr. died mm-hmm. for won't be in vain. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to allow my anger to keep um, that voice from not being heard. But I also would love for people to understand that there is still hurt. It's still hurt knowing that your father went through that during the civil rights Mm -hmm. movement. And now you have a generation of people who are actually saying that racism doesn't exist in our country because I I'm not considered racist or I don't think I'm racist because I have one black friend or, or whatever the narrative is. It's that keep this open, that abuse, if abuse still exists, if child sex trafficking still Mm -hmm. exists, if these things that are hateful and ugly still exist and what makes you think that racism Mm -hmm. doesn't, because it is a control thing. It is a, it is a mindset Mm -hmm. to think that I'm better than you. Just like you said before, it's like having that idea of I'm better mm-hmm. than you. Um, Based solely that, on the, the color idea. of my skin. Based solely and on that. And yes. there are so many other yeah. issues that stem from it. And I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. if we can fix this one, then we can start yeah. working on that one. Does that make sense? Like the, like the light right. skin curly. Yes. I was like, oh, that's a whole different issue. Like, but it needs to be addressed. <laughs> but we can't address it until it really we address does. this beast of racism because if we can address racism right. then maybe we can now if go we can shine the, line, the black yeah. communities and say well if we have just convinced everybody that racism still exists and we need to stop beating up on each other mm-hmm. and this underlying stuff with the um black and white that it's that it, then maybe we can go smaller and say can we stop beating up on each other because you were born a lighter skin of brown like it's just so many right. Can we stop? Because yes. the, uh, oh, there's just so much of it. There's just so much that's, that I just think. That, uh, it's like a never ending yes. layer of. I think. Uh, yeah, why really did is. you have to hear? Well, you don't get to say it because you're not black. Uh, you know, like, why is that OK to say to somebody? Like, I literally <laughs> cry when Obama was in office and he is definitely half white and half black. You see what I'm saying? And it was. Yes. And, and it yes. was. And I didn't even realize how much it meant to me at the time. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I have cried so many yeah. tears behind things I didn't even know mattered to me. Yes. Like I was so yes. like, cause it never occurred to me that that could happen until like, I'm literally mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, he is really our president. So I'm like boohoo in tears on the couch. I'm, I'm not a political person. So like, I am right. not like somebody who's watching all the, you know, now I'm trying to figure out, okay, I need to. Oh yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. You know, like, um, yeah, but so I'm not, but it like, right. and then the same thing with everything that's happening today. Like when you see posts from your friends who have nothing to gain, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. except for, yeah. I don't want my, I don't want to live in an environment where people are treated this way. And I don't want my kid to be yes. raised to think that they can treat people this way. So together. And so it has the, just, the positivity of some of the stuff that has happened has been oh overwhelming overwhelming because you're just like oh my gosh I never thought this I never thought I'd live to see some of the steps that are taking place because people had have and had accepted that this is just the way that things are you know 
Mm-hmm. This it, yeah. so it, for me, this time has been different. I don't know if maybe I'm older. I don't know if it's because of whole, of social media, and so it's easier for people to reach yeah. out and it's easier for people to speak. But anyhow, mm-hmm. I don't know where I was. I think I think it does. I think it. Yeah, it has been just um, immensely beautiful. Um, that's why I was trying to ex- trying to comfort my husband because you know he's like, "You're attacking my wife. You're attacking mm. my." my father-in-law you're attacking my children who understand that they're part black even though they're extremely light-skinned you know you're attacking my nephews you're attacking my cousins you're attacking my family and so he's just like do you realize what you're doing and i love that he is extreme oh my goodness my husband he is extremely vocal (laughs) and i love him for it i love you babe i love you babe um and which is great because i'm always the Mm -hmm. vocal one i'm always uh, you know i'm Honestly, one of my friends of a friend, she came to me and she was like, yeah, I heard you've just been, you know, talking. And this has nothing to do mm-hmm. with what's happening now. This was years ago. And she was like, you're really shaking the carpet, aren't you? I'm like, well, yeah, because when I see something that's wrong, I, I, I say something, you know, just like if, if your child's in the street and everybody's over there having a beer, I'm running yeah, after like, your child. No, I'm not waiting for permission. Get my car. Right. Exactly. I'm not going to be like, well, it's not my child, you know, like well, parents should have been paying attention. You know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be screaming, wake up and I'm going to run after the child and I'm going to go that because that's just the kind of person I am. So people expect that of me, but not my husband's very meek and he's so sweet and he's just very calm tempered. He looks like a big biker man, <laughs> but he's just he's just he loves a joke and he's just very calm and he's just like whoa you know he looks that way but whenever you hurt his family or you seem like you're a threat to his family his lion comes out and he is just like not today um so i love that he's been able to very verbally tell people who he loves and Mm -hmm. respects whoa you've crossed Mm -hmm. the line you're you need to realize what you're saying here because my family feels Mm -hmm. this and you're not being you need to be sensitive, especially if you call yourself mm-hmm. a Christian and you're, you know, but I see this evolution of all these people standing up and saying, this needs mm-hmm. to end. I, and a lot of them are like, I thought this did. end. Right. Why are we talking about this now? And it's like, we, we still have to talk about this. I'm like, of course you do. You know, because <laughs> it's you still not have how to talk they about see the world. Bullying? And that's what it is. I think that exactly. This has been a, I, I'm so sorry. I, it's almost like, and I don't want to, it's, I think of, it's almost like the mom who didn't know. Does that make sense? Like, I literally didn't yes. know. I had no, mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, how did you not know? Like, you had to know. You didn't yeah. want to know. You had to know. The signs <laughs> were there. Right. And and it's, it's, it's you just want to do, it's just like, okay, well, now that it's out, let's, let's talk about it. You know, let's, maybe I didn't yeah. want to know. But we know now. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So how can we fix? Yeah, but we do. Exactly. Maybe it was. So now that you know, like when you look back, what you're like, oh yeah, all the signs were there. Yeah. I just didn't. I didn't want to see. That's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I don't think you're racist. No. That's the other thing. I really don't think you're racist. I think that people are afraid that when they come to me, and again, I get the same. You can't talk about it because your husband is white, so you're part of the problem. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Get over yourself. Actually, actually, I'm the solution. What? Yeah. My family. Like everybody we talked, yes. we got, we had a mom's yes. chat, and they're like, "Well, do you experience racism?" Like as a young, as a, when I was younger, I assume you meant when I was younger. When I was a younger mom, did I experience racism? And I was like, not as much. And I said, and I feel like the reason was is that people are looking at these children. Like, what are you? Like, I mean, you hate, like, like you said, right. the same thing, that question that you got, they don't want to ask it that way. Yeah. But they're just staring. Right. So they're, they could care less about me being like, a black how does mom this work? or a young mom or any, they are looking at these children like, oh, what's happening yes. here? Yes. I don't, are they are foster they, kids? Is, are they adopted? You're really, at least Maya's hair gives you an inkling that she belongs to me. That yes. she's mine. And then I was like, yes. but when Braden came out, he was just extra, 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 extra light. And then he had these light <laughs> eyes and this hair that laid down flat. Yeah. And here I am carrying him everywhere. Yeah. And I know people were like, what? Who? <laughs> 
how does one plus oh, one does right. not equal so you two literally two? are like okay well how does she know this kid mm-hmm. why is she carrying around this baby? yes like it literally was those kind of things like how do you know this kid this kid is beautiful so a lot of the conversations and it but it shifts conversations yeah. Because mm-hmm. now people are interested mm-hmm. in something else all to, it, it's, it's, it is about race, but it's not about race. I'm no longer a black mom. I'm the mom to this child who we want to know more about this right. child, you know? Right. Yes. Yes. I find it. I, and I know this from being biracial that a lot of families who got to know my dad and my mom and saw that, a black man and a white man, white woman could be um, cohesive mm-hmm. and it not be a dangerous situation <laughs> or they, you know, <laughs> like she's not in trouble. She's not under, you know, <laughs> she's not, um, what is it called? Signal. She's not, a, she doesn't have Stockholm <laughs> syndrome. You know, he doesn't have her captives. She didn't fall in love oh, with her wow. captor, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my just all these looks that they give her like, you know, they look at my mom and I remember seeing them like, why is that woman looking at my mom so weird? And my mom would just be like, oh, she's just ignorant and just walk off and like, okay, like I didn't what understand she was saying. that. But as I got older, what she was saying, it was like that woman was looking at my mom and like, if you're safe, blink one for <laughs> yes and two for no. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you know that's, that's exactly what she was thinking. You know, and it's just but because it was like early eighties. No, late I know. 70s, I know. 80s, like, and of course, my mom. Again, it's one of those things that you're like. You know, my mom with all happen. these biracial babies. <laughs> exactly. Like you could see, and I'm like, oh, there's the look. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know, of course, my my husband doesn't get that with me, because I'm. I guess I'm just light enough where people. I'm very ambiguous. Like no one really knows who I, what I, what I, I am. Of course, I say what, you know. <laughs> what nationality mm-hmm. who I am and who I belong to um and um so I get um Puerto Rican okay. a lot I get um Samoan mm-hmm. a lot um because Brian was like your wife is so beautiful I love that we have this Pacific Islander here in Canton <laughs> it's so Brian's like what and then you're like your wife she's gorgeous no he, he was like wait why not what'd you call her he was like she goes Pacific. She goes. She's not Pacific Islander. And Brian's like, no. Her dad's African American. Her mom's white. Like white, white. You know. And they're like, what? Oh my yeah. gosh. You know. So it does open up this dialogue, and I think more people people have been so scared to talk mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. to ask, and they don't know how mm-hmm. to ask. I'm like, first of all, you don't necessarily need to mm-hmm. know. Just that's the thing. Just curious is that if. It, you're curious, but does I it mean, change do you, do you ask? Does it change? Yes. So does it, what does it do for you? But the fact that we can, like, I tell people, like, I don't care if you ask me, I know you're wondering, just go ahead and ask, you know, I know you are because now you see my children and I have one son that looks like he's part Hispanic, um, my youngest, cause he's dark, olive skin, dark hair. And then I have my oldest who's like sandy blonde hair and blue eyes and extremely white. So you were really curious of what nationality I must be because there has to not be black because there's no kinky there's no nothing in any of that. There's no nothing. You guys don't know. But it's that conversation. It's that open feeling free to be able to talk to somebody and not feel like you're going to be bashed over the head with a how dare you or a disgust. It's right. like just keep talking mm-hmm. and don't be scared of color. Mm-mm. Parents don't raise your children to be scared of color. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen to your mm-hmm. kid. No, nothing's going to happen to your blonde hair, blue eyed baby girl. If she marries a dark mm-hmm. man that is darker than anything that you've ever <laughs> seen in America, mm-hmm. it's nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen to your grandbabies. They're not mm-hmm. going to know exactly who they are. And they're just going to be babies that you're going to love and you're going to respect because they're human beings and they're life. And we love life because that's just how you should be. And, you know, I just think it's hilarious that, um, that there was, that there's such an issue. It makes me mad, but it also makes me glad that we're actually talking about it. Yeah. 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 It is. And and such a mix of emotions. that's the reality is like i was like oh the conversations about color and then people are always well let's not talk i don't see color first of all you did that's why you call me like you didn't call your white friend and say let's have a conversation (laughs) 
Oh, um, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and But the reality yeah. is that, and, and it's like, I don't know the right way to have conversations because in general, my conversations about color with my own children have come up reactively. Somebody told you your parents mm-hmm. didn't match. Somebody told yeah. you you weren't black. Somebody told you you yeah. weren't white. Like, you know what I mean? Like one of those. Like, yeah. So, and, and and it's like, but it's not a bad thing. And when I talk about my kid, like by the, my kids and I, we have like a five minute conversation. First of all, five conversation that you're going to get any listening happening right, but it is it's more trick. about mm-hmm. it's more about yeah uh-huh you're not white you're not black that's fine people are all different colors your parents are different colors yeah. like it's mm-hmm. just the way that life is it makes life yeah. beautiful all the different exactly. i don't need everybody to be a blend of colors either because we i was like yeah. i remember having conversations about how they always chose models on tv that mm-hmm. looked ambiguous like i think of the the tampon mm-hmm. commercial i you i appeal to you because i am blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, 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 and because it appealed to your senses but we don't need people who look ambiguous either like i mean we, we need them I, just, I don't mean to say we don't need them yes we I know need all <laughs> of the types of yeah I need my, yes. children, my children out sorry don't need you no i feel like <laughs> what makes the world a beautiful place is the fact that you have all of these different skin yes. tones and hair textures and hair types and hair colors and eye colors yes. and height and weights like i don't need everybody to be my height my weight my hair like mm-hmm. there's just it it is it, it's just like having different flowers different types of flowers and different types yeah. of plants and different types of everything like it just is what makes the world beautiful different types of trees and yes. nature like oh how did you even that's how think God to thinks. make that? That is yes. beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I get a little upset because I think that a lot of, it's mostly um, my white friends that are like, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. I'm like, like you said, like, yeah, you do. <clears throat> and it's okay. Because you told me you were colorblind. You told me because you need me to know that you were colorblind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, did, did you talk, did you talk to like, all your white friends about being colorblind? No, no, it's like, I, you know, I want you to say that I see color and I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I see, I see this dark black man. I see this mm-hmm. brown, you know, Hispanic woman. I see this native American, you know, mm-hmm. rich brown skin. I see them. Mm-hmm. I see all the shades and I see you blonde hair, blonde, blondish eyelashes, blue eyed, mm-hmm. beautiful freckle face girl. I see you, all of you and all the right. shades in between. <clears throat> and I see that you're beautiful because God made yes. you exactly how you, what you are. You were knitted in your mother's womb, just exactly how he wanted you to be the print on this earth. So see it and yeah. love it no matter what the shade is, yes. no matter what the spectrum of brown, because we're all just different shades of brown. Yes. You know, so it's yes. like exactly yeah. impressive. And, and, and just love, love it all. That's one of, that's one of my biggest things is that um, please, first of all, you don't need to kneel to me. You don't need to bow down to me and apologize to me. Please don't let people manipulate you in that because racism mm-hmm. swings the other way. It can, you know, yes. no matter what this it is. This is not a black empowerment movement. Now, yes. there are some that that's yeah. what they want. That's not yes. what I'm talking about. No, I'm no, no, no. talking about quality. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where, that's, I just want it all fair playing field in general. Yes. You see what I'm yes. saying? When yes. My, when my son goes in to an interview and a white kid goes in and a black kid goes in, the guy mm-hmm. who has the best qualifications gets the job. Like exactly, that's what I want. Yes, the you color know? of the skin should not even remotely matter at all. It's right? How right. hard have you worked? What have you done? What have you achieved? And right. and let's and you know just love one another. My goodness. Well, love, love will yes. fix it. Well, we have had a, a gambit of conversation. Hopefully, we've <laughs> touched a something. A I was few, like, I don't know. But I think that we did because there's a lot of stuff that I don't think people really hear from um, the black community on how they were raised and how that we see things. Cause I, we, I know a lot of people are like, I wasn't raised to be a racist um, and neither were we, we don't, I don't, but um, fear and anger sit in whenever you just see people being treated 
wrong. And mm-hmm. I think every race should be angry when people are treated badly. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are as a human, you should say, no, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not how things work. We're supposed to love one another. And if you want the world that we all say we want and are trying to achieve, then that's where it starts is loving one another. Yes. And it yeah. starts and ends. You yes. fix it. You fix it. You fix a lot of stuff with love. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, And it starts with you. You know, it starts with you personally. And and then as moms and dads, it starts where we treat our spouses and then we treat our children and how we raise our children to see the world. It starts at home. And I think that with, with you saying that, I think that a lot of times, like you were talking about with um, your husband, and mm-hmm. have, he's hurt about a lot of the things. I think that that actually is where a lot of the change comes from is people seeing this person that I love is hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not the random person down the street. It is this person that I love is hurting and it's because of something that I did. So yeah. let's start fixing it there. And that fixes so many different things across the, the gambit. Yes, it does. It really, really, truly does. It does. Well, thank you, Brittany. Thank you so much no for your time. It's good to talk to you other I than know, just chatting so and liking you're like, I love that skirt. You're like, I got it. From here. I love it. what you do with your hair. I got it. That is like, a, that is like our conversation. Normal yes, conversation. That earrings. looks good, girl. Amen. Yes. <laughs> that has been the best. Oh my gosh. Well, I love you. I love your beautiful love family. You Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And we're going to talk more because I think we need to touch on a few other things just to reassure our white friends <laughs> and our black them. friends. We love yes. you all. I love you all. All of my you friends. Are all, I appreciate every one of you. Yes, exactly. Every single one of you. Every shade of every single one of you. You're yes. beautiful in my eyes and in God's eyes. And we hope you see the light and be the light and, you know. Yes. Yes. Keep keep shining bright, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be the light in this dark, dark world. All right. Thank you, Brittany, so much. I will talk to you soon. No problem, baby. All right. Bye. Talk, bye. Thank you guys for listening to Giving Hope. Please be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see y'all next week.